What's up, Joe? What's up, everybody? The Major League Baseball season is here, and we at Sports 360 are right in the swing of things. Today, we're not talking to experts, but to ordinary fans. And not just any fans, New York fans. I'm talking Mets and Yankees. When Met and Yankee fans get together, man, anything can happen. Don't know what I'm talking about? Need me to explain it to you? Forget about it. Stay right there and find out for yourself as we're talking Mets and Yankees on Sports 360. The 2019 baseball season is underway, and as someone who hails from New York City, it only makes sense that we begin by talking some New York baseball. I'm talking about Mets and Yankees. And today on Sports 360, we have some Yankees fans in the house, Victor Cruz and Roberto Duran. And representing the Mets, we have Rob Hoskins. And I'm a Mets fan, too, so I'm going to be joining Rob in the Mets camp just so that to make sure that this is an even fight. Uh, but, guys, how you doing today? Doing good. I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on the show. Yes, thank you for having yeah. us. Doing well. Thanks, Jeff. But I, I have to admit, you know, not really having met these, these fine gentlemen, if I'm going up against Victor Cruz and Roberto Duran, I mean – just by names alone, that's that sounds like I'm a little bit overmatched here. <laughs> that's right. You know what? That, that, I was about to say the same thing, Rob. I mean, because I'm coming home tonight and I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute. I I'm have two no Yankees mods, fans. No mods. Yeah, one of them is Roberto Duran, but he's not that Roberto Duran. And the other one is Victor Cruz, but he's not that Victor Cruz. And I said... <laughs> <laughs> Leave it to Yankees fans, man, to start pulling the flim flam on you, man. Right. Yeah. Whatever championships. They got championships coming out of everywhere. They got uh, Super Bowl champions, uh, boxing champions. Okay, here we go. Here we go. It's going to be one of those calls, Rob. It's going to be one of those calls. <laughs> but look, I'm glad to have everybody on, man, to talk a little baseball and. You know, I'd like to start really with some some little soft background questions, man, just so our listeners can get a feel for each one of you guys. And, you know, um, you know, as being Mets fans and Yankees fans, and I'm going to start with the Yankees fans first um, and just tell us a little bit about how long each one of you have been rooting for your hometown team. You can start with you, Victor. Yeah, well, let's see. I've been I've been a Yankee fan since uh, ooh, I can't remember. So I grew up in New York, and uh, let's see. I went to my first Yankee game. Unfortunately, later in life, because you know I grew up, my mom was a single mom, couldn't really get to a game. But my best friend took me to a game in '95, and uh, while I was a Yankee fan watching them on TV, it was it was my first experience live, and ever since then, it's been you know kind of a diehard uh, affiliation. Um, interestingly enough, I had a you know time in my career where I worked for the Red Sox, but I was still a diehard Yankee fan, so that's always a interesting time in my life. But um, 
yeah, it's been that long. I mean, I'm let's see, that's uh, 95. It's been over, you know, 20 some odd years. I've been a Yankee fan. What about you, Roberto? How long you been rooting for the Yanks? About well, I've been alive for 28 years, so I say 28 years. Um, I, I, I was born and raised in New York. Um, I think I probably saw my first game on TV when I was about three or four years old. So right before the whole, you know, Yankee dynasty began. And, and um, yeah, I think I went to my first game. I remember it was against the Twins, and they won in the in the ninth inning. It was Posada hit a hit a double to put them up four to three. And, you know, it was like a love at first sight kind of thing for me and the Yankees. Yeah, that first game experience is what always is, is an interesting story. Like, my first game was, um, it was Umbrella Day at Yankee Stadium. It was actually raining, and it was against the Baltimore Orioles. I thought, all right, that was cool. I loved it so much that the very next day, I bought tickets, and I went again and watched the uh, the Yankees from the bleach. first. Well, the first day was at the bleachers, and I loved it because being in New York, it was crazy in the bleachers back in the 90s. And then uh, the next day I went with my girlfriend. I'm like, okay, I can't put her out there. So we went into the, uh, like, mezzanine level behind home plate. And so I got to see kind of the two different worlds that exist at a stadium, and that was awesome. That was a great experience. Mm, okay. And, Rob, what about you? How long have you been rooting for the Mets? Oh, man. You know, after listening to those two guys, I got to say, <laughs> <laughs> Jeffy, I know you're starting to laugh. Uh, I have a ticket stub. I'll say it this way. I have a ticket stub in my little scrapbook from 1974. Wow. Oh, okay. And I've been a Mets fan since about 1972. 19, well, yeah, it was 1970-72. Um, I was six years old, and in 74, I was you know, a couple years older. But uh, I've been a Mets fan since that time. My dad took me to my first game at Shea Stadium. Um, so I've been through a lot of suffering, uh, a lot of <laughs> – <laughs> so, you know, it, it's funny, you know, I'm just sitting here reacting, hearing you guys, who are a lot younger and have been Yankee fans since really the beginning of their dynasty in the nineties. But, you know, it makes it a little difficult. All I have to say to you guys is just one name, Danny Tartable. Just remember that name. All right. <laughs> wow. Hey Rob, we were, we were, we were supposed to play nice in the beginning, man. These are, these are the soft questions. These are the getting right. to know you this questions. Is what, this is well, you know. Listen, I mean, hey, I, you know, it's just with younger Yankee fans like these guys who experienced everything from 1996 and on. Uh, there, you know, there's an expectation, and I get it. You know, and what's not to like when you're a kid and you're watching Derek Jeter <laughs> and all these guys? Hey, I, I get it. I mean, listen, and back in '76 and '77, '78. I mean, I rooted for Reggie Jackson and Chris Chambliss and Thurman Munson and oh, those guys. Oh, see, but this is where it comes out. You, you know? This is where it comes out. Mets fans always come out with, at some point, they rooted for the Yankees. You'll never hear a Yankee fan root for the, for the Mets in their career, you know, in their life. So there we oh, go. Uh -oh. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> wow, hey, man. Hey, Rob, I give you credit for that. It's a lot to admit that. Listen, you got to uh, see, but this is what – See, now, this is what younger Yankee fans don't understand. Because now, 
when they start to talk about that, when you no, let me just explain. I don't root for the Yankees. I've rooted for players, as I described, but you got to remember at that time, remember 1977 in particular, the Mets committed one of the most heinous acts of all time against or to two Met fans in the history of the franchise. And that was the trading of Tom Seaver to the Cincinnati Reds. Mm-hmm. Now, this is this would have been akin to the Yankees after let's say 2000 2001 trading Derek Jeter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Imagine that. if that would have taken place or or even or even later at any point after some of the championships. So this is what the Mets had had done, and there wasn't a lot to root for. Now, you know, I was still, you know, always at that point. I'm fully entrenched as a as a Mets fan as a kid, but you know, when the city is excited and Reggie Jackson is hitting three home runs in the same game, hey, you know what? You go with it. Now, but you, here's a, here's a thing. Um... And Rob's my man, but you know, Rob, <laughs> you almost sound like you're a cranky old man when it comes to this. <laughs> well, Jeff, Jeff, I'm curious to hear kind of your story on on being a Mets fan. Well, see, I didn't want to go there because, see, I would have oh. to say that look, I've been a Mets fan probably for almost fifty years, man. I've been watching, okay. you know, yeah. So, you know, and so. I, we already got one old man on here. He's the older man. Jeff, my follow-up question is, what were your periods of rooting for the Yankees? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> you see? Okay, okay. Let, let's let the record show, okay? <laughs> I've never rooted for the Yankees. Now, here's the thing, though. I will say this. I don't root against the Yankees because they're New York. So I don't root against them. I don't have a problem so much with the Yankees. And I will even say this. I enjoy excellence. And the Yankees, you know, they've been an excellent franchise. The thing I have a problem with are some Yankees fans. Now, it Mm. could be present company excluded from that. We're going to have to wait to see how this conversation goes. Keyword could be. (laughs) We'll see how it is by the end of it. (laughs) <laughs> All right. Let, let, what about this? Um, so, Rob, you mentioned Tom Seaver. Is, is that your favorite Met of all time? Well, I okay. Well, in, in some of the questions that you gave, I would say, you know, a lot of Met fans would say, yes, Tom Seaver stands out as the franchise, obviously. But when I was a kid, my very first favorite Met was actually Buddy Harrelson. Uh, because he was one of the first baseball cards that I had, and I thought it was such a cool picture. And when I watched him on TV, he was – the way he played, I just – you know, he was my guy in the very Bud beginning. Harrelson. So, Bud Harrelson. Bud Harrelson. Yeah, oh my Buddy gosh. Harrelson. Oh, man. And then, so so you and you and question. the Harrelson family rooted for Bud Harrelson well, the most. I, yeah, I, I've never I mean, heard anybody say their favorite met was Bud Harrelson. Well, I mean, look, I was six or, six or seven years old. You? I mean, look, over the years, I mean, obviously, Cleon Jones was one of my favorites, John Milner, 
um, Tom, you know, Tom Stewart is on, is probably at the top of the list. And then you just go through the years. I mean, Doc and Daryl. Okay. You know, so, so, yeah. so you don't have Era. a favorite. You, you just have a whole bunch have, of guys. Yeah, I can't. I can't really say who is number one overall okay. all time, other than you know Tom Seaver. But yeah. All right. So let, let's about, see if the Yankees fans. Well, what about you, Roberto? You have an all time favorite Yankee. And don't say Mickey Mantle or Babe Ruth because no. the Yankees no, I, y'all can't claim that. No, I don't. I don't. I go with my time. I I have to go with the captain, Derek Jeter. Um, mm. He, he, he's the guy, the face of baseball during his time, and I don't know how you can pick against him. And Victor, what about he's not you? Your general manager. And Victor, what about you? What, what do you well, have as a favorite? Well, Yankee for me, I'm a little older than Roberto, so for me, I grew up watching Donnie baseball. So he's my. I got two favorite players: Donnie baseball, Don Mattingly, and then um, Bernie Williams. Bernie Williams, interestingly enough, because. Oh. And my best friend always described me kind of like that. He said, here, the way I I, um, I am as a person reminds him of, Ber- of Bernie Williams because Bernie was quiet and went about his business. I'm kind of a quiet person, go about my mm. business. So he was always my favorite player um, after, you know, Don Madeline retired. Okay. Now, well, what about the flip side of that? Go ahead. Who said that? Uh, Roberto here. Um, okay. Yeah, go ahead. About Bernie Williams, I think he's very underappreciated. Even by us Yankee fans. Yeah, because he's um, not mentioned in the in the what is it the core, yeah, four. The core four? I'm like it should be four. It should be five because Bernie was there and he was probably Mister. He was you know he was a modern Mister. October it, when during the '90s when the Yankees were going into the uh, you know World Series all those years and people forget about that. Was he a homegrown Yankee? Was he a? Well, did he come up through the minors? Uh, in the yep, Yankees? he was a homegrown homegrown yeah, okay. and. He, yeah, so surprisingly, mm. I always get offended when they say the core four, and I'm like, well, what about Bernie Williams? He deserves mm-hmm. just as much. Same thing, growing yeah. up. Like, I think he came up maybe a year or two before the other guys, so that's why right. they don't include him oh, in the okay. I mean, right. he was just as important as everyone else. Yeah, but if anything, for me, Bernie's sure. the one who ushered in the modern era of the Yankees, and then, oh, you know, Derek sure. Jeter came up and, and Posada, but Bernie was the one who kind of was the new – you know the new face of the new era of the Yankees, um, and and they just don't give him that credit. And I think it's partly because of that, because he he would go about his business nice uh, quietly. He had yeah. that, that aura about him, but not enough for people to give him credit. Hmm. Okay, so that's a good one. Okay, what about the flip side of that coin? Least favorite Met or Yankee? Oh, right, let me Roberto, go I'm gonna start with. I'm oh. gonna, uh, who's that? Victor, you want to oh, go first? Yeah, you got somebody? Yeah. My least favorite Yankee was um, Randy Johnson. Horrible tenure with the Yankees. He was my least favorite Yankee. Terrible. <laughs> Terrible. Okay. And Roberto, what about you? Um, I have a tie here between Jacoby Ellsbury and Carl Pavano. No. Those are good ones. The Pavano even counts them because he maybe had, what, five starts? In four years for them, but oh yeah. man, it was mystery injury after mystery injury with him every season. And Jacoby mm-hmm. Ellsbury, I, I don't, I don't even know where to start with that. Right. So I'll just leave it there. <laughs> okay. And Rob, what about you on the Met side? Uh, I, wow, there's a whole lot to choose from. Uh, oh 
<laughs> least favorites. I mean, at the time, you could say Bobby Bonilla, but you I was gonna really say you're still paying him. You're still paying him. Yeah, yeah that's the thing. <laughs> but that, hey, but you know what? You gotta you gotta give him credit because he's got the greatest retirement uh, pension in the history yeah. of of the world. So he did something right. Uh, <laughs> but not when he not when he was in uniform though. Or his agent sure. did. His agent did. Yeah. Exactly. 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 Mm. Um, now, but there's a whole list. I mean, you know. Well, for me, my favorite Met of all time is Tommy Agee. That, that's my favorite oh, Met. Yeah. And my least favorite Met of all time is George Foster, because oh, yeah. <laughs> he just never should have been a Met. He was great. <laughs> Cincinnati, and he was terrible with the Mets. Um, I like George Foster, but he's my least—he's my least favorite Met. Um, so, Rob, let me ask you a question because you, you know you started this off, and you, it seemed like you've been agitated from from the time we got on this call. So, um, <laughs> so okay. what? <laughs> what? What? What would you say? You know, you're a Mets fan, and you you, you said, "Listen, Absolutely. you made it clear. I don't root for the Yankees. I never rooted for the Yankees. So, what makes it better to root for the Mets than the Yankees, in your opinion? I mean, wh- why would you say I'm not going to root for the Yankees, but you root for the Mets? Well, you know, it's it's a it, that's a hard question to really answer because the only way, you know, you really become a Mets fan when you're a kid, and if you stay with them. Um, you know, like I said, you, you suffer through a lot of disappointment. Um, but it's something about those early impressions of Shea, of the, the uniform. I mean, it's all of those types of things that, you know, just kind of play into it. And I don't know if it makes it better. I mean, as, as you get older and you, and you look at the, the franchises as how they've done business over the years, I mean, you watch George Steinbrenner run the Yankees, firing managers and rehiring them and then firing them, you know, going out and getting the big ticket uh, free agents and trying to stack up the team. And then, you know, the Yankees have become that team that just trying tries to buy championships. And you say, you know what, that's not that's not baseball. That's not what that's not what you, you know, enjoyable. They They just, you know. And then at the same time, you, you you know you look at people who go to Yankee games and you say, well, it's just the corporate crowd, it's the Wall Street guys, and you know, and if you're you know working folks like like us, I mean, you know, you want to connect with the team that's you know more like I guess it's you know what I guess it's, it's kind, of, it's kind of a throwback to the yeah, and it's also kind of a throwback to the National League versus the American League when the Dodgers and the Giants were in the in the city. I mean, a lot of, you know, my father was a Brooklyn Dodger fan, and so it kind of just, you know, rolled from there, you know. Okay. And so what about um, Roberto? What about you? You know, why the Yankees? How come you didn't, like, pick up on the Mets? I mean, you were in New York, you know, and you, you've seen the Mets. You, you've seen those uniforms. I mean, you know, why haven't you ever come on the other side and said, you know what, it's pretty cool over here too? So, B, I think it's a lot of what, um, what Rob pointed out earlier. I was kind of born into the golden age of when, you know, the Yankees began winning. And 
Winning is good. <laughs> you know, I didn't yeah. want to suffer. And, um, you know, I grew up in Manhattan, so all I saw was a lot of Yankee hats. I didn't see a lot of Mets colors or anything like that. So um, that just kind of attracted me, the winning, the the, the pinstripes. It, it speaks volumes. So, like, I understand what players say when they say, you know, this is like a dream to put on the pinstripes. So, you know, I think the mystique of the team, the history of it, and just it's, it's the greatest organization and professional sports and I think that's attractive to you know kids growing up seeing that and wanting to be a part of that fan base and things like that so um, you know I don't have a lot of negative to say about being a Mets fan or people who are Mets fans I had Mets fans growing up um, that were friends and you know I didn't I wasn't too hard on them but I let them know about the success on the other side. Yeah, but side. that's because that's because the team was hard enough enough, so we don't have to be hard enough. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> you that know, true. you know what I will say, and, and Victor, I'll give you a chance to answer this question too. But here's for me: I, I like rooting for the Mets because they have a couple of things, in my opinion. I mean, it's not even opinion; it's just fact. We have two things. Rob, that Yankees and the Yankees and Yankee fans don't have. We have a mascot. <laughs> we don't need one. We don't need one. We don't need to No, nah, man. Come on. We don't need to give it. We got a mascot, right? We, we don't even mascot. need the we... names. We don't need the names on the jerseys because we don't need that. We don't need the gimmicks. We don't need to identify our players because we know who they are. Ooh. Oh, Ooh. boy. Ooh, okay. Okay. All right. Well, all right. But here's the other part, Victor. Here's the other part, Victor, why I think it's better to be on this side. It, it, we got a mascot, number one. And second, we got a theme song. Y'all don't. <laughs> Right. Meet the Mets. Meet the Mets. Step right up and greet the Mets. Yeah, you know, bring your kitties. You know bring you know your wife. Right. You know what they have, Rob? Bernie Williams. <laughs> Clock Clock. Hey, that's all we. That's all we need. That's all we need. It's 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 a call. But see, that only works when the player has four syllables in his name. <laughs> <laughs> Try that with CC Sabathia. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we're better, Rob. We got a mascot, yes. and we got a theme song. And a theme That's song. it. We yeah. win. We win. Yeah, but we'll take we'll take we'll take the history and the championships over theme song okay. and mascot. Here they go. See, mm-hmm. I knew it. Yankee fans, they're gonna they. Here we go. They're gonna come out with the 27 World Championships. Got all these yeah, rings. Got them. Blah, 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 got them. You might as well because oh, you, might, no, no, well, no, you no, got them. No. See, you guys, you guys can't claim that you, Babe Ruth and Whitey Ford and Yogi Berra <laughs> don't have anything to do. Okay, with but in my era, okay, but in my era, in my era, we got way more championships still than the Mets. So I can still claim the ones from my era. I, yeah, I can. Yeah, the point there, Rob. Yes, that is the point. Yeah, that the is point. the point that always sticks in the craw. Yes, we. Yes, <laughs> you are. You so are Jeff, correct. So, Jeff, from my perspective, from at least let me answer the question as well. So, yep. for me, it's about the tradition, and uh, and I got to be honest. So, here's the deal. I, when I was growing up, I had two best friends who were older. One, actually, I remember was a Mets fan when the Mets won the World Series in '86, um, right? And then. Um, and then my other friend was a Yankee fan. 
and I don't know, maybe it was because I, I mean, my connection to each one, I connected more with one friend than the other, and that's the friend who brought me to my first Yankee game. And so, honestly, that's what attracted me first because, hey, this is pretty cool. This is something that, you know, someone I look up to admires, and, and I started, you know, I went to the Yankees. I, I followed the Yankees. I learned about the history. And so I will say at the initial, I could have gone either way. It was kind of who I was, who I had the closer relationship with, and it was the Yankee fan. So that was my initial introduction to uh, baseball in New York. And, and you know, as I grew and as I matured as a fan, it was about the history. I liked the history, you know, uh, just some that appealed to me. Sure. And, you know, and you make a, a good point there because especially with baseball, baseball seems of, of all the other sports that, to do the best job of celebrating its history. Sometimes yeah. maybe a bit too much, but um, they, they do a good job of celebrating their history. Okay. What about this? I want to, I, I want to, I want to play a little game here, play a little word association game. You guys ready? So, all right, I'm gonna start with Rob first, and it might not even be a word; it might be a phrase or whatever. But you get the point. All right, okay, Rob. So you're a Mets fan. Um, word association, Doctor K. Oh, um, unbelievable! That's what that. I mean, he he was. What 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 do you want? Just a word? Yeah, or, I don't know. I mean, tell people who that. What's that mean to you, Doctor K? Oh yeah, I mean. He was Doc Gooden was sensational. I mean, it was it was you you had to know the rotation and what day he was scheduled to pitch so you can make sure you get tickets for that game because his stuff was electric and you knew there was going to be ten plus strikeouts that night. I mean, it was it was yeah. he was sensational. Hey, Rob, okay. can I ask you a quick question on, along those lines? So for me, Doc was a little bit before, like almost right when I became, a, you know, started watching baseball. But I can, uh, for me, the equivalent would be a Pedro Martinez, right? Because I remember watching Pedro and thinking the same thing. Like you would have to know, you know, when he was going to pitch because you wanted to be there. Cause he, it was just unbelievable. So it sounds like the same kind of, you know, aura and, and performance and just mystique to the player, right? Um. Yeah. Yes, but I think I think Doc Gooden's when Doc Gooden came on as a rookie, um, he, you know, I think it's I think his his emergence on the on the big league level was a little more just a little bit more sensational, more more impactful. I'm trying to think of somebody that you could kind of compare it to, but um, I really don't. I really can't. I really well, don't I'll give know. You, I'll, I mean, give you, I'll give you one that had a short-lived because I watched him and, you know, I actually had a relationship with him as a professional is uh, Jose Fernandez. He came onto yeah. the scene. Yeah, because of the okay. Marlins, but still kind of yeah. like emergence onto the scene and just like stepping onto a stage and, and being dominant. So something like that, right? Yeah. Mm, possibly. Yeah. I mean, what yeah. do you think, Jeff? I mean, yeah, I mean, somewhat. Then, 84, I mean, when, when he was yeah. 24 and 4 as a rookie, I mean, Doc Gooden yeah, was, was I mean, it was just special because there Doc hadn't been guys throwing like him at yeah. the, uh, up until, up until that time. Um, yeah, it's hard to really, uh, compare. I probably, maybe I can think of one, but he, when he emerged as a rookie, it was just, 
it was just sensational. I mean, it was there, you know, because there hadn't been a Pedro Martinez, there hadn't been those yeah. other guys for a yep. long, long time. Um, you could go back before Doc Gooden. You'd have to go back to like the Vita Blue or or even a Bob Gibson to see that kind of electricity coming out of a guy's arm. Um, yeah, you know, and okay. and it, it hit the stage when the when the Mets started to get really, really good. So yeah. yeah. All right. So all right. So you had your Doctor K. <clears throat> I'm gonna go to Roberto. All right. And again, word association. You ready, Roberto? I'm ready. And you can't get any help on this. <laughs> 2018 Boston Red Sox. Oh, man. They, they were historically great. Um, I, can't, I can't lie. You know, as a, as a baseball fan, I'll put the, the Yankee fan part aside as a strict baseball fan. Historically great, um, not as good as those '90s Yankees teams, you know. But um, the team was sensational. Everything they did was was right. Every ball bounced their way. Every call was their way. Alex Cora did an amazing job managing that team. Um, I actually, I was a hardhead and picked against them in every series in the playoffs. Hoping they well, that's what you got to do as a Yankee fan. That's what you, you got to do. So, yeah. I have to pick, even, even going down to the wire in the World Series, I was like, you know, they're going to win, but I have to pick against them anyway. But that team was just, they were great. I hated it every second of it. Okay, fair enough. But at least, at least you're man enough to, to admit yeah. that. Okay, so I'm going to give one to, uh, to Victor. You ready, Victor? Yeah. 2013 Boston Red Sox. Uh, <laughs> well, it's funny because let me put it let me put it this way. Let me put it this way. For me, the Red Sox. I used to work for the Red Sox, so anything Red Sox related is um, amnesia. Is my word. Is I don't want to know anything about them. Yeah, I want to know nothing oh, wow. about them. I want to yeah have no memory of them. So, so if I said two thousand seven and two thousand four, Boston Red Sox. Okay, I will say. Dave I Roberts. Say, well, I will say this: the only memory I wanted to keep—I was—I was, I was uh, in baseball operations in 2004, so that was some probably highlight of my career. So that's about wow. the only memory I remember from the Red Sox, or I want mm. to remember. And that was because okay. it was such a great experience. I was there in St. Louis when they won the World Series, got on the field, celebrated with the team, was on the parade. It was just a magical season, and you know, unfortunately, coming back on against our Yankees, but it was historic. So it was nice to be a part of history. Sure, sure, because yeah, I was. I mean, what they were down three zero in the, in the LCS and were able to come yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so I'm, I'm gonna spare you. I'm gonna spare you. No, no more Red Sox questions. Right. Um, hey, let me ask you guys something serious though, as as baseball fans. Um, there's been a lot of talk about rules changes and there's been a lot of rules changes made and things like that pace a game and all that kind of stuff as guys who've been watching baseball for a long time um do you guys have problems with the pace of the game do you think you know some of the things that's been instituted are good ideas um bad ideas somewhere in between yeah. i mean um how, how do you guys feel about well, the game and how it's played today 
Well, let me go first because I actually am very, you know, I used to work in baseball operations. I was very traditional where I'm like, at, you know, I worked for the Red Sox where at that time, you know, they were kind of pushing not just the Red Sox, but baseball in general going the the analytics versus traditional scouting. And I was always, you know, part of my job was dealing with the scouts. So I've always leaned towards more traditional. I will say as my career, you know, grew, I learned to accept some of the changes. And as a fan, I got to tell you, going to the stadium, I get bored. I'd rather watch the, TV, the, the game on TV, but that's also because I, I didn't go to the stadium until later in life. So for me, I remember watching TV Yankee uh, games on TV as a kid. So I like the commentators, the, you know, the, the, the what's going on on TV. So when I sit at the stadium, it's missing that, and I get bored. So it's not necessarily a reflection of baseball, but a reflection of, you know, what I was used to when I first but. I think there's a lot more people who are like me, newer fans, you know, newer generation that, yeah, we're so, we're in an, you know, in an age in a society that we have ADHD. And so sitting in a ballpark for three hours, it gets boring. So, you know, I am definitely open to the change of pace, um, you know, movement because I think you need it because you don't want to lose fans. So you want to make it entertaining. Mm-hmm. And so for me, one of the biggest things also that I noticed when I moved from the East Coast to the West Coast and I went to Dodger Stadium, for me, Dodger Stadium was boring when I first got there. And and actually, they've done this dramatic change over the last few years, I would say the last five years, at upping the level of entertainment. You go to Dodger Stadium now, it's an electrifying kind of experience, even between innings. And I'm like, okay, I saw the positives in that. So I definitely am all for changes and keeping fans, you know, in, uh, interested and um, the game's exciting and between innings exciting, just making more of an experience. Mm-hmm. What about you, Roberto? How you feel about it? Um, I'm kind of in between where, where Victor's saying and um, where the game is trying to go right now. Um, I mean, I, I still enjoy going to baseball games and sitting through them and all that stuff. I know a lot of people who, like Victor was saying, get bored of the game, even watching it on TV. It's just Oh, the game is too long. The season is too long. Um, but I think they're trying to go in the right direction as far as appealing more to the younger crowd coming up. But I also don't want to see the game lose so much of its tradition where it becomes unrecognizable to the older generation or even, you know, people my age who saw, you know, the 90s baseball and 2000s baseball. Um, I think they... There's ways to not affect the the structure of what baseball is and attracting that young crowd. And maybe some of that is, you know, allowing players to be themselves more on the field. Um, something like basketball has been doing it in the NBA, allowing the guys to wear whatever color shoes they want, things like that. And I know like Mike Trout and Bryce Harper, those are guys that have expressed that thought of maybe, you know, let's not so much change the rules, but let's change you know, how we're able to represent and be ourselves on the field and attract that young crowd, those little leaguers coming up and get them excited about the game. Mm, okay. I agree with, and before I turn it to you, Rob, I agree with, with a lot of what yeah. you said. I mean, and particularly when you said, you know, yeah, the, the, some changes perhaps need to be made, but you don't want to make the game unrecognizable. You know what I mean? Don't change sort of the... Yeah the essence of the game. And I think that's the 
sort of the tipping point and the balancing act that MLB has to, and, and the players association has to be mindful of. Um, Rob, what about you? Yeah. Um, you know, how do, how do you feel about this whole, you know, rules changes and pace of game and those types of things? Yeah, I think it's really hard for major league baseball to tinker with the rules. Um, I, you know, listen, the, game of baseball does not have a clock it never has the other sports have clocks baseball doesn't um and to try and insert a clock here or there whether it's the pitcher the batter stepping out i mean the umpires have to control what they can control to get guys going but i understand that you know there are some pitchers that take forever to throw the ball and you know there's a number of mound visits and all that kind of stuff you know maybe you can tweak some things here and there, but I think, you know, for the the sake of trying to capture and retain the younger fans, I mean, it's really our, my generation and, you know, having done a bad job with this, the newer generation, because, you know, we've, we've made, we've made you guys have ADHD and, and all that stuff so that you're more interested in action, 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 as opposed to, really appreciating a well-pitched game and, uh, and and appreciating pitching to the point where, you know, if it's ground ball after ground ball or pop-up and the guy's, you know, mowing, you know, striking out people, there's not a lot of action in the field, but the pitcher is putting on a performance that, that a lot of people might find boring, but, you know, true baseball fans would find, you know, just as exciting as, you know, a a game with grand slams and and yeah. and doubles off the wall and triples and everything. Those those are exciting plays too. But sometimes you get those games where you know a pitcher throws a one hit gem and you know not much is happening in the field. But it you know it's it's really you know it's it's just as exciting. Yeah, it's still well, a great you, baseball game. Yeah, it's hard. Right, to, Rob. It's hard for ask, new fans to appreciate that, I think. Let me ask you this, though, Rob. I mean, and I, I think that's fair. But, you know, let's go back to last year, right, um, where there were more strikeouts than hits. And mm. the batting average was, like, the lowest in, like, 40-some-odd years. And, you know, there's just not – there just wasn't a lot of action, right? Because if you're – you're either hitting a home run, right? Because the home runs up, but so are strikeouts. So and hits are down. So the actual action in the game, I think, is a problem. And I don't know if you get to that by rules changes, but you know, the well pitched game. I think everybody on this call can appreciate a well pitched game, right? Oh yeah. Um, right. But but the strikeouts and the only time you score a run is because you know you get a bunch of solo home runs and. Wasn't mm-hmm. that in the All Star game? Didn't in the All Star game like every run was a home run or something like that? <laughs> you know, something what I mean? like that. Yeah. And it's like that's what baseball has become too much of. You know what happened to what? hit and run? What happened to doubles in the gap? What happened to line drives down the line? You know what I mean? And guys, you know, rounding yeah, second and trying to go to third. You know what I mean? So well, I think yeah. you just I think you just answered it. I think that's I think the problem is is that. Teams are not only um, looking for the home run. I mean, look at the Yankees. I mean, they've got two guys that to get a hit. I think we lost you there, Rob. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, we got you back. I was just going to say, okay. 
Um, what I was saying was I think that you have the answer in that teams are looking for the big power hitters. Yeah. They're looking for the home run. That's why you have the shifts and all this stuff. And I think this, this, the, the guys who can hit the gap, the balls in the gap are just not the ones that are, you know, looked, looked for in, in whether it's in free agency or to being developed and the style of managing like you said, there's no hit and run. There's no, you know, taking the extra base. It's, you know, it's, you know, if the first two guys get on, then the next two guys are look are are look to hit the ball out. I mean, that's what their job is. Yeah. And I get it. I mean, it's exciting. It, it's what puts fans in the seats. But, you know, to me, I'd rather have, you know, instead of solo home runs, I'd rather have, you know, two two run, three run home runs and, you know, a nice a nice inning where, you know, there's a good, nice rally to watch. But, sure. you know, you just don't get that. And, Victor, as someone who, who's been in the game, you know, in the front office, um, I mean, is it how, – how do we go about changing it, you think? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, that's an interesting question because I think that's kind of where we are right now. It's like how do we, how do we change it? You look at the NBA, how do they kind of – change their game where now it's like you, you can't even put a finger on a on a player as a defender because it's you know it's it's considered a foul so you don't want to go to that extreme and I think you know kind of uh going along with Roberto was saying and kind of to what I was talking about earlier my changes aren't necessarily on the field my changes are more in the stadium and that's what I want to see more changes in the stadium more use of social media and the technology but leave the game how it needs to be I don't agree with the, some of the uh some of the rules they're playing with now in the in the independent leagues, you know, with Major League Baseball just signing that agreement with, was it the Atlantic League or something like that, where they're going to experiment with, you know, yeah. different size mounds yeah. and different things here and there. I think you leave it how it is, and, you know, um, you don't change as much on the field, but you do in the environment, which is the stadium, and what the teams are going to do to keep their fans entertained and interested. Um, I think that's that's where I would want to see them go, not necessarily affect anything on the field. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Roberto, I, what about you? Um, I think part of the problem, too, um, kind of alluding to what Robert's talking about, is there's an obsession, too, now with launch angle. And yeah. the guys coming up are, it's you know, you got to hit the ball out the park. If not, you're not going to make it to the big leagues. And you have guys, like for example, Joey Gallo, monster power the guy can probably hit 50 home runs a year but he's going to hit 180 and you know there's a lost art of contact and um just as a Yankee fan you see guys like Miguel Andujar and even Glaber Torres who can put contact on the ball yet they're out here in trade rumors and things like that and it's like those are the guys you need to put up those crooked numbers on the scoreboard and you know instead of being up one zero it's yeah, I just don't get. I, I just, you know, for me, I don't get a lot of those. Here's the thing. This is I always joke around about this, and hey, I lived it because I lived, I worked in the front office. But I always joke around that the front office is now being run in Major League Baseball by people who, in the old days, would have became accountants, would have became financial planners, people who love numbers, but they also love baseball. So now there's a spot for them, and now they're they're running teams. But these are people who never played. You know, and I'm not, and I don't want to use that as a blanket statement for everyone. But people who never played, who are not given opportunity, which is great because it opens opportunities for people who, like myself, I never played. So I love that. But then, you know, you you start adding value 
in areas that you are um, comfortable with. And if you never played, then it's not going to be on the field. It's going to be, well, okay, how can I translate what I'm good at, numbers, to affect the team? Well, lunch angle. And I always joke around about this with my, with my friends. It's like, well, who cares how, you know, what your angle is as long as you hit it out? I don't care if you hit it, you know, 600 feet or 401, you know, just one foot over. As long as you get it out, if it's a line drive home run or, or, or a monster shot, I don't really care about that. But now, you know, the TV analysts are also playing into it. It's like, yeah, this big thing about launch angles. And I'm like, launch angles? Who cares about that? And spin rates and all that. And I'm like, now it's getting a little bit out of control. Yeah. Because mm, now, it's, and it's, you know, I joke around. It's like, well, how many breaths does it take before you step into the batter's box, or how many, you know, how many feet should you, how many steps should you take before you, uh, you know, get, you know, get to the mound? I'm like, okay, now we're measuring stuff for the sake of measuring stuff, for the sake of saying that we're right. doing something. Yeah. yeah the, num- the analytical part started out as something that could definitely be beneficial, and I think it just, it took it a step too far. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think the way you ran right. it back is kind of like what I heard from Major League Baseball, where they're gonna they're playing around with this rule as well in the in the Atlantic League, where they're gonna limit your shifts. You can't have a certain amount of players over mm-hmm. you know past second base. That one I agree with because now we're we're taking something that and let me I guess let me back up and preface this by saying I don't necessarily agree that the shift is a bad thing because I see it as a fault in a hitter. If a hitter can't hit the other way to go against the shift, then of course they're going to shift because now right. you're just being one-dimensional. Right. But that being said, it's the numbers and the people who are in the in the decision-making positions who are just not people who, who played the game. So they're trying to bring value to the game in the ways they know how, and that's by crunching numbers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, um, I'm going to ask... You know, Jeff... Yeah, go ahead, oh, I, gonna, yeah, yeah. I just wanted to... T- you know, tail on that a little bit because I think there's got to be, you know, because we've talked about the shift thing and before, and, you know, I, I look at the players in in a sense where, you know, coming up, you know, a lot of, you, you know, like you, like one of the gentlemen mentioned, you know, you don't make it to the big leagues if you don't hit the ball out or, you know, if you're Lucas Duda, you've got to hit the home run and the teams are shifting on you. But you know what? If back in the day, if you shifted on Pete Rose, he'd hit it where you were not, and and yeah. and and the players have to make those adjustments. I mean, you can hit three yeah. if they're shifting on you. You can hit three fifty if you lay that bunt down the third base line, um, and make them stop. You know, and then go back to hitting the home runs. But the front office, the analytics of the front office just won't allow that because that's not what they want to pay you to do if you're projected to be a 35 40 home run hitter and you know so it's kind of like well where are we going major league baseball are we trying to win or are we trying to just make baseball players be what they are on the back of their baseball card and i think there's no there just doesn't seem to be any room for baseball players to make adjustments and change their game up right i mean that that's a little frustrating for me you know because you know let's say in a playoff game you know i I go back to 2015 when the mets were in the world series 
you know, if Lucas Duda had come up and there was a shift on and it was a crucial point in the game, why wouldn't he lay down a bunt and just, you know, keep the inning going or, you know, something? I mean, you just have to change. You do the unexpected that's not on the back of your baseball card. That, I think, something that can't be quantified by all this analytics, and that could change the course of a game. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so we'll see. I mean, you know? look, I, I think, you know, the game has to be careful. And, and look, I, I still believe that in the end, the game belongs to the players. And I think, you know, some of what every, all of you are talking about, you know, players making adjustments and things like that. I mean, we can talk about, so I think it was Roberto who talked about, or maybe Victor who talked about how in the NBA you can't touch a guy and stuff like that. Yeah, they, they've changed that. But also, too, the players began to become more proficient as shooters, right? So that's why mm-hmm. we see the game is wide open because guys can shoot it from anywhere. And it's not just the guards. It's the it's the big men. It's even centers. I mean, Brooke Lopez out there shooting three-pointers, right? So you're talking yeah. about the players yeah. making adjustments yeah. and the game then changing because in the end, it's the players who are playing the game. So, you know, at some point, I, I agree with all of you guys. I mean, you know, the game belongs to the players. And I think, you know, allow the players to play. Um, but it, it's sort of like, you know, there's the pressure from the front office, right? Because they value certain things. And if they're going to value certain things, then players are going to try to do those things so that they can get the most, you know, in terms of salary and stuff like that. So it's 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 a complicated situation. But, um, hey, listen, as we as we close this thing out, I want to come back to where we started. And that's, you know, back to our New York roots. Um, 2019 season, who's going to, when it does to settle, who's going to rule New York? The Mets I think or the Yankees? I think it's going to be the Yankees. That's, that's my outlook every year. But I think, uh, you know, obviously, I think we're ahead in terms of, you know, construction of the team and um, don't get me wrong I'm going to be you know objective here um, from a baseball standpoint and I like the moves the Mets the Mets have made but in terms of a team that's close I think the Yankees are a little further along Um, so I think at the end of the season we're going to be we're going to be you know toast of the town okay Mm -hmm. I have to agree with that definitely sorry I'm definitely going with the Yankees um the Mets made really good moves. Um, I know a lot of people kind of freaked out when they traded for Robbie Cano and Diaz, um, trading away their top prospects and things like that. But I think the moves were solid. Um, yeah. Prospects aren't always promised to produce the way they have been in the minors and things like that. But um, I, I see the Mets improving a lot from last year, as long as they continue to stay healthy. Obviously, the pitching has to carry them a little bit more. Um, but at the end of the day, I think the Yankees all the way, definitely. Um, no surprise there. <laughs> well, it shouldn't be a surprise on the other end, but we'll give you a chance okay. if you wanted so, to. Okay, uh, so what about you? What about you? <laughs> well, you it's know, okay Yankee to be fans, realistic. Yankee fans, <laughs> Yankee, oh, you listen, Yankee fans are always playing the parade in in uh, March and April, so... You know, I, I get it. With with the Mets, honestly, you never know what you're going to get. So this year could be 
a step up from last year, or we could completely go in the opposite direction. Right now, if you ask me, coming out of spring training, I think our pitching staff has got everything in place to take us all the way through October. That being said, our lineup could be could be great. It could be terrible. And and with the Mets, it's usually one or the other. Yeah. So it's hard to it's it's hard to say. You know, listen, with the Yankees, you you've got from top to bottom in your lineup is you know, is right there. We're gonna hit some pitching, home runs this year. You're gonna hit some home runs, but your pitching is gonna be a problem. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I and I don't think you I don't think you're gonna overcome the Red Sox. I think the Red Sox are still the cream of that division. You know, I I you know, I hope you know, for the Mets I think you know, just to be to, to say who's the, gonna be the toast of the town. Yes, that's the if question. the Mets make the playoffs, it'll be it'll be the Mets because I think there's gonna be there'll be a little more excitement. All right. Well for me, I'm a Mets fan. Um, I think when the dust settles, the Yankees are going to have the better season. I think the Yankees are the better team, but um, but I'm not rooting for them. I'll be rooting for my Mets, um, <laughs> but I think the Yankees have a better team. So. Well, there we go. A uh, voice of reason there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know why? The only reason why is because it's late here on the East Coast. I'm getting tired and I want to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> well, we should have we should have another we should have another uh, call at the end of the season and we'll see, you know, kind of how it, no, how it turned out. No, I'll do something. No, we'll do something even better than that. We'll have another call at the All-Star break. All right. Oh, All right. oh, okay. All right. We'll we'll get together at the All Star break, and we'll have a conversation at that point because at least we'll have half of the season behind us, and we'll have something to talk about. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds good. All right. Good. All right. Okay. All right, fellas. Well, listen. I appreciate you taking time out um, to talk a little New York baseball. It's been fun, man. I look forward to it, man. You know, good idea, man. Uh, Victor, you were talking about the end of the season, but we're going to do it at the All-Star break, so we're going to get the gang back together again. But uh, thanks, guys, for, thank for, guys. for coming on today. Yeah, thank you. Uh, thanks for All having right. me, Jeff. Okay, thanks, I'll Jeff. talk to each, each one of you soon. That's right. Let's go Mets. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right, later. Take care, guys. Take it easy.